This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to the SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Stony Brewing. Pure, honest beer. Today, we are very excited to welcome the Triple Threat, former kick returner, punt returner, and wide receiver from the Pittsburgh Steelers, who is now an alumni. We introduce to you, Steeler Nation, Courtney Hawkins. Courtney, how are you doing? Doing great, doing great. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Oh, we're really, really happy to have you on Steeler Nation. Um, (laughs) I know we've been talking online, the... the, uh, a lot of Steeler Nation is really excited to hear from you, and we're just really excited to have you on board today. And and I've been researching you a bit, and your life seems to have gone pretty much full circle, uh, starting off there in Flint, Michigan area, Beecher High School, and as a as a student and as an athlete, and now returning back as the um, head coach of the football team and the athletic director. Uh, can you talk to Steeler Nation a bit about what it's like to be in be in Flint? Well, um. I would have never imagined that, you know, I would one day be the athletic director at the high school that I graduated from. Yeah. Um, I live, um, I live a few miles outside of Flint. Um, and, um, you know, you know, Flint's going through a lot right now with the water crisis and everything that's going on. So, um, we're looking for anything that's, you know, positive, trying to bring positivity, you know, to the community and to the Flint area. And, um, you know, being 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 AD at the at the high school, and uh, I'm the AD of K through 12, so I'm pretty much I pretty much live, you know, at the high school or, or at our middle school. I mean, I'm there every day, all day, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it's a great job, uh, the opportunity to affect, you know, young people's lives, and um, you know, we sent at this point now we're mm-hmm. we're in upwards of we sent like about 150 kids. To a college on athletic scholarships over my time being there, so oh, that's it's, wonderful. Uh, yeah, it's fun, man. Yeah, that's great. Um, one thing that I'd like to start off the show with and let Steeler Nation know about is uh, your high school is currently in a uh, a voting uh, with five other schools. We're voting online to see which school gets uh, new lockers. Correct. That's correct. So it's called Home and Helps. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Holman, who have a company that they they make locker rooms for they've made locker rooms for professional teams, college teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been generous enough to run a contest um, that the winning team, the, the winning school district, will get their locker rooms redone. Oh, um, this will be free of charge. Yeah. Um, I guess it's upwards of a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, and um, we we submitted. And we made the final five, and um, you know we're very proud to be in the final five. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a nationwide contest. Um, our school is very deserving. We are a Title One school, 100% free lunch. Oh, wow! Um, 
yeah, most most of our funds go towards, you know, just trying to, you know, even the playing field, you yeah. know, for our students. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we haven't had facilities upgrades in you know, the locker rooms look exactly look exactly the same when I came out of high school, and that's been over 30 years. Wow. So that lets you know that, that there's been no upgrades to facilities, man. And um, yeah. But the one thing about it, you know, we've won, we've won five state championships in the last 10 years. Wow. Um, our football <laughs> team's been in the playoffs 11, 11 out of 13 years, I believe. Wonderful. So we, we compete, and, uh, you know, we don't let the, – the kids don't let the – the outside forces and, the, and you know, the fact that they are in a low-income area, mm. you know, affect their drive, man. So um, we're just very excited that we have this opportunity and we're just trying to maximize it and reach out to people and get people to vote for us, man. Yeah, and, and to vote, Steeler Nation, you need to start going over in droves, www.holman.com backslash Holman Helps, and that's spelled www.holman.com, backslash H-O-L-L-M-A-N-H-E-L-P-S. Vote for Beecher High School, and there's a video on there as well. You can see Courtney Hawkins as the athletic director there speaking in the video and letting uh, everybody know why it's so impactful that their school and their athletic department can get these new locker rooms. And would they be getting new locker rooms for the uh, for the the males and the females? Yes, it, it, we would oh, get wow. um, a makeover for yes, the boys and the girls locker room. Which, you know, like I said, man, we um, there's not many there's not many programs or after school programs that that um, the Beecher community offers, man. So yeah, like our high school would be open until ten, eleven o'clock at night. And this is every night, seven days a week, man. Mm. So it's kind of it's the safe haven in the area for the kids. Um, so you know anything that we could do to, you know, enhance their locker room, enhance their. For some of them, man, I think it's almost like home. They're there until we literally have to say, like, look, you have to go home now. Yeah. Um, so it, it will be a tremendous um, to be able to, you know, upgrade the locker rooms to give them, you know, a special space um i know they'll take ownership to make sure it's taken care of properly and and we'll show it off to the world oh that's fantastic that's fantastic and remember remember steeler nation www.holman.com backslash holman helps i will have the link on our podcast site as well so you can click over there vote often for beecher high school they they really could use the new lockers and it would be a great thing that we all can do as a member of steeler nation helping out our alum to make sure that, that they get the locker rooms that they so desperately need and would really create such an impact for those kids. So um, let's go back a little bit in time in Beecher High School to where you started out. And were you when you first started at athletics in Beecher, were you just playing football? Were you playing other sports? Um, I'm a three-sport athlete, man. Actually, at one point, I was, wow. when I first got to high school, I was a four-sport athlete. Oh, wow. Ran track, mm-hmm. wrestled, played basketball. And of course, football. And um, you know, I had to kind of scale that back. Yeah. Because trying to do four at one time was tough. <laughs> so I ended up just with basketball, track, and football. And you know, yeah. back when, you know, back when I was a kid, you know, we when the sports season changed, you know, you changed, and you know, we played baseball during baseball season, yeah. basketball during basketball season, mm-hmm. and um, I, I think that. That's what kind of rounded me into the athlete I am today. I know a lot of kids 
nowadays specialize and you know, I'm not a big proponent of that because it's just you, you never know you never give yourself the opportunity to find out what you're really good at. Yeah. So, you know, I'm I push, you know, doing multiple things here at at, uh, at Beecher High School. Mm-hmm. Most of our athletes are either playing two or three sports where they're gonna hear about it from me in the hallways until until they figure it out. So Nice. And and what types of things did you participate in for track? What, what were your um, what were your specialties? Uh, I I ran anything from the four hundred on down. Oh wow, nice. So that was four hundred. So I and then also ran on the relays. You know, yeah. four by two, four by one, four by four. But you know, that was me. Well, that, anything from four hundred meters on down. That had to help you out with your speed, obviously, for both basketball and football. Um, basketball. What position were you playing in in there? I was the point guard. Oh, I was nice the point guard and. We won two state championships um, with me being the you know the starting point guard, and you know I made all state, and um, actually had some offers to play college basketball. Nice. So, um, which yeah, so which we, schools uh, were interested in okay. you for uh, college basketball? If you um, you know I had offers from Central Michigan, nice. um, there was some MAC schools that offered me, some smaller schools that offered with uh, mm-hmm. basketball. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And then football, obviously, was where you ended up um, um, going. And did were you always a wide receiver in high school, or did you play any other positions? No, actually, in high school, I was a running back oh, wow. and a defensive back. Nice. And um, <laughs> only time I would go out a receiver would be I'll go out and line up and just you know run a go route and they throw it up because I was one of the faster guys on the on the field. But yeah, you know my specialty was running the ball from the. Uh, we were a wishbone, wishbone eye formation team when I was in high school. Oh, yeah. So I played a tailback, tailback position. Uh-huh. Um, as a matter of fact, but as a freshman, I, I was a, the starting quarterback on our varsity team oh, as wow. a true freshman, and then I moved to running back. Yeah. My sophomore, junior, and senior year. Mm. Um, so it's uh, so I pretty much played all over the field, you know, in high school, just line up and go. So then you got recruited by Michigan State. You moved about an hour down the road to Lansing and uh, started your football career there, obviously, uh, as uh, starting off as mostly a returner, kick return, punt return, obviously with your track background and your speed. Uh, I, mean, I assume you're a natural for that fit in that, in that space. Can you talk to Steeler Nation a little bit on what it was like to you know, go play for your hometown, essentially one of your hometown um, um, major colleges? Well, I mean, it was, um, you know, to get a college scholarship was a dream come true. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized at a young age that if um, it, it would have been tough for my mom to, uh, you know, pay for me to go to school, yeah, um, especially to a big-time school, you know, from a single-parent home. Mm-hmm. And uh, so once we kind of figured out, and I figured out that, uh, you know, I had some uh, athletic ability, I, I did everything I could to you know, to maximize it and to, uh, to use it to, um, you know, to get me, you know, the opportunity to leave Beecher High School and leave the Beecher community. Yeah. Um, you know, the best thing that ever happened to me was, you know, going to Michigan State. You know, Coach Perlis. Yes. Um, may he rest in peace. He just passed away last week, which is he's a, mm. absolutely one of the greatest men I've ever met. Oh, wow. Um, when I uh, got to Michigan State, you know, I was a running back when I got there, and um, yeah. we went to the first day of tour days. I'll never forget it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I practiced that morning as a running back, and I got to 
after practice, there was a note on my locker that said, come to Coach Perlis' office. And, you know, okay. I am absolutely scared to death. Yeah. You know, everybody's <laughs> like, you got to know from Coach. Yeah. What did you do? Yep. You know, I'm, um, so I went in, went to his office and sat down, and mm-hmm. he said, I think you will be a great wide receiver. Mm. And he said, he said, you, you want to make some money in this game? And I said, of course. You know, he said, well, I want you to think about changing to a wide receiver. He said, I know when I recruited you, I told you I was going to give you the opportunity to play running back. Mm-hmm. He said, I want you to think about it. So I'm like, okay. I went back to my dorm room, laid in the bed, crying like a little baby. Uh-huh. Called my mom, like, yeah. mom, they want to switch me. And she's like, look, you there. Mm-hmm. Don't call me with it. You, you This decision you got to make. Yeah. Point. Make a long story short, I get back to practice for the second half of practice. Uh-huh. I open my locker up, and the big the big um, running back thigh pads that you normally run, yeah. where mine are small all of a sudden, and my knee pads are smaller. Yeah. And I'm like, what the? So I guess he was kind of just uh, letting me know that he was pretty much changing my position, but yeah. he's kind of wording it in a way that maybe – I would have some input, but I guess it was pretty much a done deal. So when I got back to the second practice, I was a wide receiver. Wow. And from there it has been, yeah, and from there it has just been just, a, you know, one heck of a ride, man. It was. Well, he, he knew what he's doing. From... I mean, George Perlis is a legend. Uh, Steeler Nation may remember George Perlis as well. He started off as uh, the defensive line coach for the 72 Steelers, uh, had a lot of impact on um, the Steelers' curtain defense, uh, developing that uh, 4-3 stunt, um, working with all the great Hall of Fame uh, defensive linemen uh, up through 78 and then became the assistant head coach and defensive coordinator from 78 until the time he retired from the Steelers in 81, four-time Super Bowl winner with the Steelers. So, of course, Steeler fans do know George Perlis, and, you know, he's a, he's a legend. He's a legend not only for Steeler fans but for Michigan State fans. And he obviously knew what he was doing, Courtney, man, because your first, you know, I, I know your first freshman year, you were learning the position, but when you came in and played your sophomore year, you absolutely performed and you killed it over a thousand yards receiving. Um, how did it feel then switching the position and getting that kind of success that early? Uh, man, it was, um, it was fun, man. And I, I'll tell you every day, probably like once a week in stretch, Mm-hmm. Coach Perlis would always walk past me and say, uh, uh, he would always have some little, little something smart to say. He'd be like, you know, mm-hmm. Coach is a pretty smart guy. I'm switching you to wide out. Yeah. You know, just at least once a week, he would always come by and, you know, kick my shoe and say, mm-hmm. and wink at me and be like, you know, Coach knows a lot, huh? <laughs> Makes you trust Coach, huh? Yeah. You know, so <laughs> it was, uh, oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, man. It was, it was, uh, you know, it was a great ride, man. And, and, you know, it was fun to be, you know, to catch 60 balls mm-hmm. um, at Michigan State during that time because yeah. Coach Perlis was it's about great. running the ball, man. We would run yeah. the ball you know, <laughs> 60. We'd run the ball 50, 60 times a game, man. So as a wide receiver, mm-hmm. you know, I would probably maybe get five, six, seven attempts. Mm-hmm. You know, if I got seven attempts in one game, man, it was like, you know, kid at a candy store, man, because yeah. we would only throw the ball. <laughs> 15 times a game, 20 yeah. times a game, tops, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's amazing that you could put up those numbers, even with that that rushing attack being obviously the the main focus of the offense. So it was good that 
you created some balance on the passing end. So a, a lot of times, I guess, you know, the, the run could set up the pass and you were very, you know, able to reap the benefits of that aspect too. And, and also, you know, with your running back background, I, I see that you did a lot of rushing also in, um, in college as well. I mean, Perlis was, was definitely able to give you the ball. I imagine on now, did you ever line up at the running back spot or were you more getting jet sweeps and, 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 uh, and reverses and things like that? Well, I was getting reverses, and, and then, you know, his other ways of giving me the ball was with the whole, you know, kickoff return and punt return. I mean, yeah. I, I led the nation in kickoff returns. Yes. Um, I think that year or maybe that next year. So uh-huh. um, he, they did a lot of things to get me the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the jet sweep wasn't a big big play back then. I, you know, looking at it now, I wish we had it. But, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I would get it at – you know, different ways, man. We mm-hmm. I even let me throw the ball. You know, so. Oh, nice. I mean, it was it was fun at Michigan State, man. It was um, it was a great four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and a lot, made a lot of great friends. That's great. You know, like I said, I, I was fortunate to play under Coach Perlis. Yeah. And um, you know, he had he like I said, he had a huge influence on my life, man. And, and I'll, I'll always be thankful, you know, that he came to Flint, Michigan to uh. He came and sat in my living room and mm-hmm. took off his four Super Bowl rings and set them on my table and said, <laughs> wow. this is what champions do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. And that's really interesting. You know, you, you ended up coming back full circle, even with that respect and playing for the team that he coached for. So that's really, really interesting <laughs> stuff. Um, when you went, obviously, you finished up your senior year and um, the combine came calling. Now, did you uh, participate in the combine? Um, well, unfortunately, so I got a high ankle sprain okay. my senior year, and that's when that that terrible injury was first kind of coming around. People really didn't know how to treat it yeah. or, or what to do. Yeah. So um, I went to the combine and couldn't run at the combine yeah. because I um, was dealing with that. Okay. So, I mean, I went through the physical, and mm-hmm. I um, went and interviewed with coaches, but yeah. couldn't work out, so I, I ended up having a private workout well actually it wasn't private workout i had a workout at michigan state with other with my other teammates which was which was cool yeah um but um i wish i would have been able to you know perform at the combine to kind of compete against you know the guys that you know that i was competing to be drafted against now Um, at your michigan state pro day do you remember about what your 40 time would have been um I mean, I'm pretty sure it was in the four four range. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what I ran on that day, mm-hmm. you know. But we would we would get timed in the forties, you know. I'm playing four three one, yeah, four three five, yeah, you know. So I mean, that was, you know, we reported to camp. That was something that we did, and you know, you, you do that for bragging rights, talk a little trash, yeah, training camp and all that. So, uh-huh. but yeah, we did that every year. Oh, that's great, and and obviously, you know, your performance at the Michigan State Pro Pro uh, Day as well as your interviews. Um, really uh, spiked the interest of uh, Coach Sam Weish over at Tampa Bay, and they ended up drafting you in the second round. Uh, talk about talk to the Steeler Nation. Let let us know what the draft process is and what it was like to go into Tampa Bay. Well, uh, I'll tell you about the draft mm-hmm. back then. I'm, I'm for these guys that's coming out now. I'm actually glad they changed it. Uh-huh. Back then, it was I think every team had 15 minutes, and I think every team took. They're 15 minutes. Full 15. And you talk about <laughs> you talk about one long day, man. Yeah. I mean, you got to think that's 14, 
four teams in one hour yeah. drafting, man. And um, wow. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, my agent back then, mm-hmm. you know, they were projecting that I would be mid to late first round pick. Okay. Yeah. Uh, with not, I mean, I don't know if it had anything to do with the Yankos from mm-hmm. what what he told me then is that it did because they thought that there was a possibility that I wouldn't be able to play my rookie year. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Of the approach to this whole high ankle sprain did. Yeah. Um, so I ended up going in the second round, Tampa's first pick. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was super exciting. And, you know, it was um, – I remember our local newspaper wrote from a buck to a buck because so, we're the feature <laughs> Buccaneers. Yeah. And then drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, that's so, great. Yeah, it was, I was super excited, man, to go to Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, you know – the, the the thing about it was, you know, you go in as a competitor, you think, you know, I'm, I'm going to go down here and help this team win. And, mm-hmm. you know, we struggled. Yeah. Um, and that, that was the toughest part for me mm-hmm. um, was was not winning. Um, mm-hmm. It's not like we didn't put forth the effort. We just yeah. we struggled to put it together. And um, we were missing a lot of pieces. They were, they were missing yeah. a lot of pieces in Tampa to, to, at that point in time. Yeah, but but you still played with some great players. I mean, I remember Eric Ratt. I remember Mike Allstott, good running backs, tough running backs. That's that's pretty much what Tampa Bay was known for um, in that era, as well as, you know, you had some 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 quarterbacks, too, that I, I know at least Dilfer had some success there with the Ravens later on, went into Super Bowl. Vinny Testaverde played there a bit, uh, I think, at the beginning of your career in Tampa. Steve DeBerg there as well and went to KC and had some success. Um I mean, it, it was it had to be, and then the most important thing uh, is not only did you get to play for Sam Weish there, but you also got to play for Tony Dungy. What was it like to play under Coach Dungy? Oh man, it was. Um, I mean, he's a, he is exactly what you see. What you see is what you get. Hmm. He is a um, you know super spiritual guy. Yeah. Um, super calm under pressure. I mean, he just never seemed to be shaken or. or um, like the moment's never too big. Yeah. Um, I got, I was just waiting for that one year before I became a free agent, man. But you could just feel the, um, you could feel and see the culture change. Um, you know, his approach to, to the team overall yeah. and, and the way that he was going to attempt to build a team mm-hmm. and, and the type of players he was bringing in and just, um, you know, the, the team was, the basis of the team was about, you know, being tough and bringing in tough guys yeah. and, you know, winning on defense. And, you know, it was just a little different culture than, than what Coach Weiss had. Now, Coach Weiss did a great job. You know, he was, you know, known as an offensive innovator. And, yeah. and you know, we ran that no-huddle offense. And, and mm-hmm. you know, people are people are doing it now, but we were doing it back then with running with the cold words and snapping the ball fast. Yeah. Um, you know, so – you know, both coaches, you know, brought something special to the game. But I just think um, um, uh, Coach Dungy mm-hmm. had a little different approach that that fit the personnel that that was down there better. And um, yeah, you know, he, he basically built that team that that won that championship. I mean, he 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 built it. I agree with you 100 percent on that as well. I mean, he did put together quite a talented team, both offensively and defensively. 
and um, that was yeah. a that was a fun team to watch as well. But uh, talk to Steeler fans then. Now we're getting toward where Steeler fans know you really well. Uh, your free agency period coming out of Tampa Bay. Um, describe the free agency period. What kind of teams were interested in you, and then ultimately your decision to to end up in Pittsburgh. Okay, well I became a free agent after my fifth year mm-hmm. in uh, Tampa, and um, you know we were doing some negotiating with Tampa and, and talking with some other teams. And so over my five years in Tampa, uh, David Cully, who he was the receiver coach in Tampa, um, he actually left and came to the Steelers. I'm not sure he was either my fourth year with Tampa or or maybe maybe when Coach Dungey came in. Yeah, I think he brought in a different receiver coach, and David Cully went to Pittsburgh. So oh, okay. Um, coach, um, so Coach knew, you know, he knew me. He knew my work ethic. Yeah. Um, uh, we'd been together for I think uh, three or four years. Mm. So in the process of free agency, you know, you know how that is. Going, me talking a little bit of everybody. Yeah. I received a call from him, and um, you know we talked for a little while, and, and you know it's like you know, I think this would be a great place for you. You know, they were looking for a guy that can play the inside position. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so he kind of gave me the rundown and you know, kind of said and thought about it. And um, next thing you know, I was on a flight to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And from there, kind of all everything else was history. I got there and I met everybody, you know, fit in. And there was guys there that I played with in college, you know, Myron Bell, yeah. Bill Johnson, uh-huh. you know, all these cats I played with. Um, mm-hmm. They're actually the guys that I actually hung out with at Michigan State. So <laughs> oh, cool. <it> just, <laughs> yeah, man, it was um, – it was like this a great fit, man, and uh, mm-hmm. I just fell right in, man. Fell in love with the city, and mm-hmm. and um, you know, then Steeler Nation. Once Steeler Nation embraces you, man, it is. You, you just, man. I mean, I was, I was uh, signed, sealed, and delivered, man. Nice. <laughs> Steeler Nation, they never forget their players, man, and and especially when you work hard. And we knew you as a hard worker inside. Uh, making those tough catches, getting those big hits, always getting back up. Um, now, did uh, Coach Perlis, did, since he had a, a Pittsburgh background, did you reach out to him or he to reach out to you when you decided to go to Pittsburgh? No, not not when um mm-hmm. not when that that process went on, man. Um, yeah. That was you know that was just kind of me and my agent and, yeah. and you know everything that goes on on the professional side of football. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, once I seen him after the fact, though, and and you know, I was there. You know, he, um, you know, he would always give us history lessons. You know, about you know being at Pittsburgh and and, and uh, Mean Joe Green and, and yeah. D line, and mm-hmm. he'd always talk about Swan. And, mm. um, so I, I knew so much just from just from coach and uh, at Michigan State. You know, and I didn't even realize then that you know I was getting a history lesson of a place that I was going to end up in yeah. another. <laughs> you know, eight, 10 years. You know? Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. And then obviously going from one hall of fame coach with Tony Dungy to another hall of fame coach. Now with coach Cower, uh, getting inducted into the, into the, uh, the hall of fame this year, which was, which was nice for Steeler fans and Steeler nation. Um, tell Steeler nation what it is to play under coach Cower and what type of coach he was. Um, well, first of all, congratulations to coach Cower, man. He's awesome. Um, he was, uh, you know, a good guy, a good person, mm-hmm. um, fun to play for. You know, he's 
the fact that he was a former player, mm-hmm. so he was a player's coach, so, you know, he, he took care of us um, in practice. You know, we didn't do a lot of practicing in pads. We didn't do a lot of banging. Yeah. Um, you know, he was big on details, mm-hmm. you know, making sure that, um, you know, we were attentive in meetings. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he listened to the players about, you know, you know, maybe we're practicing too much. I mean, he was all his door was always open. You could go in mm-hmm. and um, say what you needed to say, and you didn't feel like you were being judged, or you didn't feel like it was gonna be held against you. Wow, that's great. Um, so, yeah, so man, it was, um, um, you know, and, and this is not a knock on Tampa, yeah. you know, but when I got to Pittsburgh after uh, leaving Tampa, I remember saying to Coach Carr, you know, thanks for bringing me to the NFL because it was so different. Mm-hmm than where I had been for, for five years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was very different. And I, I know Tampa figured it out, mm-hmm. you know, after I left or, or whatever. So yeah. and, and I'm happy for them and great. But yeah. during my time, the, the culture to go from what, what I had going on in Florida to the culture that was already set mm-hmm. um, in Pittsburgh was, was night and day, man. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, brought back my love for the game. It was it was fun, mm. you know. Fans were great, you know. Going out to restaurants and uh, when I was there was just, you know, it was uh, it was a blast, man. Nice. It, it really was. And it's another blue collar town, much like we were used to growing up in um, Flint and the um, in Lansing area, where you know you guys know it's a, it's you got to strap on the helmet and and go out and give a hundred percent and 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 work hard. And that's why the fans they they go out and do the same thing. They're out there working their blue collar jobs and come back in and root hard for you and they love you for it. So, you know, we really appreciate obviously your, um, your commitment to the game and what you gave to the city of Pittsburgh when you were there. So we, all the Steeler nation, I know they've already said that and reached out and wanted to make sure that you knew that. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. It's, um, you know, we, we play a tough style of football. I mean, and that's, that's the one thing that I love. And, and every Sunday when I get a chance to watch, um, mm. You know, I am cheering and making, just watching to make sure that that we still playing that tough, nasty style of football that yeah. smash mouth, yep. and um, you know, and still turn around and you know, you know, toss it around a little bit. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know, Coach Carl, Coach Carl always pushed with us about you know being tough, yep, being physical at point of attack. You know, so um, you know that's that's a winning style of football, man. So you know, I'll always, I'll always love the black and gold. I, you know. I miss it on Sunday sometime, but, you know, I don't miss how I felt on Monday morning. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> so, you know. Um, it's, At least you're not sore after great. the games right now, right? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, I'm coming to a segment here in the podcast where we take questions from Steeler Nation. And we have a, a big forum. Everybody likes to jump on when we and we let people know, hey, we're going to be interviewing Courtney Hawkins. What questions would you like to ask? And one of our Steeler Nation members, Korea, he said, um, you know, obviously we're talking about your former coach, Bill Cower, getting into the Hall of Fame. What is your most memorable Coach Cower moment? Oh, boy. Um, let's see. Man, uh, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were – it was probably some of his pregame speeches. Yeah. Um, you know that when he he would he would get to talking and his bottom lip will be quivering and you can see his <laughs> eyes welling up. Yeah. Um, 
you know, that he was so he was so passionate, you know, about the game and, and um you could see his love for the game and you know, he I mean his he had some hell of a three game speeches where, you know, we were ready to bust out the locker room, man. So I mean I think that was uh you know, something that stuck with me. Oh, sounds like you didn't even need a doorway to get out. You just bust through the wall to get out of the locker room after those speeches, man. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Steel Dino, um, Steel Dino also had a question for you. Uh, he wants to know what was your favorite Steeler moment, both on and off the field. Um, you know, probably my favorite moment. I mean, being at Tampa, I um, mm-hmm. we never made the playoffs. Yeah. So my first year as a Steeler, mm-hmm. you know, we we actually made the playoffs, and we we if I'm not mistaken, I think we played in the AFC Championship game. You did against Denver. You know, let, let, yeah, yeah, let that game slip away at the end, but yeah. it was just, uh, you know, it was it, there was a lot of firsts for me in at Pittsburgh. I I had never played on Monday night until I until wow. I got to Pittsburgh. Wow. So you know that is, um, yeah, man. So you know all the stuff you dream of. You know, being a professional player, a, a lot of those were first for me when I got there. Um, you know, so, um, you know, that was huge, you know, for me. Uh, there was nothing like playing on Monday night. And I had heard guys talk about it all the time. Yeah. But, you know, when I was in Tampa, we just weren't good enough at that point to be one of the featured teams uh, for a Monday night game. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe just off the field, like I said, it was it – was, the fact that every day I could be with my, you know, be with my partners at uh at Michigan State, like so at Michigan State. Yeah. So Myron Bell and Bill Johnson were like my best friends at Michigan State. That's awesome. So to be, yeah, so to be, you know, back together was, um, you know, it was like I said, it was like a kid in a candy store, man. Oh, that's cool. Now I remember Myron Bell was that big, heavy hitting, uh, strong safety, I believe. Um, Bill Johnson. Yeah. What position did Bill Johnson play? Bill played defensive line, but you know, mm-hmm. uh, Bill ended up leaving. I think as a free agent, um, probably a little bit after I got there. So yeah. my time with Bill was was short. But yeah. It's just when I first got there, you know, it was you know we were kind of all together for a minute. Awesome, and that was pretty much the uh, the question that uh, Steeler fan four forty eight wanted to know. Um, he wanted to know who your your best teammates that you've ever had. Obviously, playing with former. Um, uh, teammates from Michigan State is has to be the best. It has to be awesome. Um, but I, I've got a little extension to that question. And pretty much coming over to as a free agent to Pittsburgh, you're coming to an established team. They've had their coach there for a bit. They had some success. Um, who on the Steelers kind of took you under their wing and kind of showed you the ropes and made you feel comfortable when you first got there? Um. Well, I already mentioned Myron, and yeah. then you know uh, Cordell used to. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Cordell didn't live far from me nice. um, in Pittsburgh, so mm-hmm. he spent a lot of time at my house. We were we were pretty good friends. Um, Lee Flowers, Jason Gildon, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Von Kirkland, you know, these are all my guys, man. Nice. Earl, um, Earl back there in the middle. Yeah. Uh, you know, we it's I could just go on and on, man. We were a close knit group. Um, there were a lot of guys that just kind of hung out together, man. I think that's, I think that's why we played so hard for each other, mm-hmm. and um, um, you know, it was it was fun, man. That's great. Um, Slash Steel wants to know. Um, obviously, we know your head coach of the football program at 
um, at Beecher High School. Um, would you ever be interested in jumping into the NFL ranks, you know, coaching like the wide receivers? Uh, you know, I mean, I get that question often. Yeah. Um, I really, at this point in my life, I think I, I really would like to um, coach in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's as a, as a position coach. Yeah. Um, I'm really interested in that. So, you know, I've been trying to put some feelers out. Yeah. And um, to you know, find a way to kind of get into that, to get into college football, man. Um, that that is a dream of mine to to do before I retire and 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 go and buy a mobile home and drive all over the country. So oh, that, you have uh, the exact same dream that I have. I don't. I, I'm not lying to you, man. I want to get an RV yeah. and I just want to drive. And and people used to ask me when I was a kid, Courtney. Um, you know, I'd be like four or five. They're like, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I was like, well, I want to drive an RV around the country, you know, the country and see the, see the country. And they're like, oh, you want to be a truck driver? I'm like, no, (laughs) I want to be in an RV and I want to relax and see the country for what it is. And they just couldn't understand that a, that a four-year-old or a five-year-old would, would want to do that as their life's ambition. But I, I feel you, man, honestly, that's a great thing to, to be able to do. And I've I've actually, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually renting an RV. I'm going to go to um, Hawaii in a few weeks, and I'm going to rent an RV on the Big Island and just stay in that. And um, oh wow, that's cool. Take it in, yeah. yeah that's that'll be fun. Oh, it yeah. is. It's always the best way I think to meet people and 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 learn places is when you actually have to stay there. So I'm really yeah. looking forward to that. Um, final question then from the SteelerNation.com forum. Uh, Drink Iron City uh, wants to know. Who would you credit either a coach or a family member in being the biggest influence to your success? Um, wow. Mm. Uh, it, will, it will be more than it will be more than one person. I mean, my mom, of yeah. course. Yeah. Um, like I said, being a single parent kid, and mm-hmm. and um, you know, watch my mom sacrifice and and do the things that she did to keep a roof over. Uh, my my head and my two sisters. Yeah. Um, my late grandfather, who was, you know, the father figure in my life, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, taught me how to tie a tie and oh. um, about opening doors for for ladies and you know all the things in the respect of you know of um, of of different people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the coaches that I that I have. Uh, had the opportunity to play under, like I said, Coach Perlis, mm-hmm. uh, Coach Lacey, who was my high school coach. Um, so I've had some great individuals who helped to, to you know, kind of steer me down the right path, and um, and to make sure that you know that I stayed on the on the right path. You know, yeah. I had people around me that if I started to get off path a little bit, weren't afraid to say like, "Look here, man, you you messing up." Um, yeah, you know, so. You know, I love them for that, and and you know, it was a great ride. Um, the nine years of playing in the NFL was a great ride for my family and and, and for my friends. It was a lot of fun, and and um, um, I'll be forever grateful. Oh, that's fantastic! Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate that, Courtney. Um, my my last question for you then really would be, what do you like doing in your spare time? What are your hobbies, or, or what do you just enjoy to, to relax? Uh well. Being the athletic director, I don't get a lot of spare time. <laughs> that is the truth. <laughs> but, yeah, um, but what I enjoy doing, I mean, I, you know, I enjoy being around my family. I have three daughters. 
Oh. Uh, my wife and I, nice. three three daughters, uh-huh. and um, they're they're all athletes. Well, one's in college now, and mm. we got a, I got a tenth grader and a third grader, and wow. they both run track and they play basketball. So, you know, I enjoy um, I enjoy being a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I never knew how how nerve wracking it could be to be a parent of an athlete. Because <laughs> I think I'm more I'm more nervous now than than when. Whenever I played, I mean, I was never this nervous watching my girls play. Wow. Um, but uh, between that and, uh, you know, listening to music, watching sports, and, you know, just being being with my family, being with my friends. Um, you know, I'm outdoors, and I like to fish and Beautiful. go out in four-wheel. And, yeah. And, and, you know, just enjoy just enjoy nature, man, and mm. work hard and, and enjoy life. That's perfect, and thank you so much, obviously, for your service, too, giving back to your community that you grew up in there at Beecher High School. Uh, I'm sure that all of the students and and faculty there really appreciate all you're doing for them, Um, and we also have to make sure that Steeler Nation, you got to reach out. you got to jump on www.holman.com backslash Holman Helps. Vote often for Beecher High School. We need to get them new lockers, so come on, Steeler Nation. The link is going to be right there on the podcast site at SteelerNation.com. And we need all the help we can get to make sure that they can get some new lockers up there at Beecher High School. Um, Courtney, do you have anything else you'd like to share or, or to say to Steeler Nation on the way out? Well, I just say, you know, Striker, I appreciate you calling me, man, and having me on. Um, I really enjoyed the opportunity to, you know, talk about, I guess, the good old days at this point in my life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and it's, um, you know, it feels um, it makes you feel good to know that you know Steeler Nation still embraces you as as one of their own man, and, and I'll be forever grateful to ever wear the black and gold. Wonderful. And uh, you know, go Steelers! Awesome, and thank you again, Courtney. It's been an absolute joy having you on the podcast. Uh, anything else you ever want to come back and, and promote, or if you want to come back and talk, we're more than happy to have you. So thank you so much, man. I for me, I, you know, I really appreciate your time. Hey, thank you, and and please vote for us on uh on Holman with the lockers. Got thank to. you, sir. Yep, vote often for Beecher High School Steeler Nation. Hey, Steeler fans, make sure to come over to SteelerNation.com for the best football forum and Steelers news on the internet. Tweet us at SteelerNation or Instagram us at SteelerNation.com. That's all the time we have here on the SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Stony Brewing. I'm your host, G Striker, with Courtney Hawkins. Rooting along with you, as always, go Steelers! These days, we're all getting more screen time, which means we're also getting more blue light exposure than ever before. Too much blue light can make your eyes feel tired, dry, or blurry. It can also affect your sleep. Zenni's Blocks lenses help to protect the eyes by keeping harmful blue light out. Because they're virtually clear, add blocks to any Zenni frame for stylish, all-day protection. Get a complete pair of prescription or non-prescription blocks glasses starting at just $24. Protect your eyes now at zenni.com.